Uh, welcome to another episode of Bush and Richie, Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Uh, sometimes you guys ask us, you know, what what are the pitfalls of being radio presenters? Surely it's a fairly safe job. Well, uh, there's there is there is a condition called uh, radio presenters back, and I believe Richie might be suffering from this right now, as I can't see him because he's lying on the floor. Yeah, no, you. I am lying on the ball, on the floor. Well, on a ball, actually. Uh, that's why you can't see me. Yeah, uh, I do have radio presenters back. Um, and you have you, you suffer it more than I do. Yeah. And you have lent me a hard ball that I'm meant to lie on. I feel like the princess and the pea at the moment. <laughs> I'm trying to find the sweet spot that's going to make my back better. It, it, it's um, really painful, but when, when that rough, hard ball thing that you're, that you're lying on on the studio floor, when that hits that point where your back hurts, it's an amazing feeling. Well, do you, so, what am I... I mean, I know you're not... Um, like some kind of physiotherapist or um, chiropractor and that. I'm as good as good ass. Am I? <laughs> am I meant to put the ball where it actually hurts, or is there another point on the back that is the sweet spot? If you've uh, just joined us, you're listening to uh, <laughs> Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway, Britain's number one occupational oh. therapy podcast. You've got to you've oh. got to put that plastic ball exactly where the pain is. Oh, I think, well, I think I just have. <laughs> There you go. He's found the sweet spot, folks. He's found the sweet spot. I don't think I could give birth. Join us at the end to see whether it worked. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I teased Richie with this thing that's arrived for him. This is the noise it makes. Whilst you were away covering breakfast, the biggest pack of scampy fries... Oh, wow. ...has arrived for oh, you. Oh, wow. If you remember, was it last week you were talking about your brother wanted yeah. them for America? This was it. My brother is coming over from America, not seeing him in four years, and he, he was instructing me to try and start sourcing scampy fries <laughs> for him to take back to Miami because he just... It's the big thing he misses about the UK. Well, what's his name, your brother? Dex. 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 Yeah, Dexter. That's a cool name, isn't it? Yeah. Is he, is he dressed like uh, <laughs> someone out of... Uh, uh, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> anyway, Dex is absolutely quids in because there's. I don't know. The person who sent them has not left a note. So if it was you that sent us the scampy fries. Anonymous scampy fries. It gets even better. Just to explain one further, they're in a protective casing. However, this hole here yeah. is, the, is a mouse hole caused by producer Nick, who ate three of them during Monday's show. Wow. So just to explain that, so we're three down. Sorry, Dex. Okay. <laughs> But it's like a lifetime. Of, that's, that's almost a lifetime. I don't. I don't think I've eaten as many of Try these. Trying to look there. There's there's at least thirty packs. And as you pull them off, it's on cardboard. There is a chance Linda Lasada <laughs> could be underneath. <laughs> but it does raise the issue. Uh, and this is on our Facebook page at the moment. Imagine though, right? You are only going to eat one bar snack for the rest of your life. Yeah. You, you have to choose one, and that is it. What um what bar snack would you go for? Do you think? Do you know this is so obviously these are for my brother. I say thank you to whoever has anonymously sent these in. But families are different. That wouldn't be mine. I wouldn't go scampy for uh, pork scratchings. I'd go for every day though, or if it was the only thing forever okay, going for the forward. rest of my life. For the rest of my life, um, I think I'd have to go honey roasted cashews. Wow, that's a curveball. Wasn't expecting that. It's a bit extra. Well, you'd oh, I love them. That's a good point. Because this is this is a question that goes to the very heart of someone's DNA. Yeah. I think this is almost within you before you're born. It's like nature, <laughs> not nurture. Do you know what I mean? Like I was going to go down the nuts route, but I was going to go old-fashioned, dry roasted. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm careful how I say this, but I genuinely believe the better the smell on the fingers, the better the pub snack. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to take these back on the train? Or Absolutely. Hey, it's one of those things where if if God forbid anything bad happened to you and they're in your bag when you get found, <laughs> it's 
sort of explaining to Natalie, isn't it? <laughs> Mr Firth 45, a DJ for Absolute Radio, was found with a pack of scampi fries. They think he might be dealing. Sinead <laughs> um, says, bacon fries. Used to finish a 12-hour shift behind the bar in the 90s with a pack and a pint of lager, paid for with tips earned. Now, that goes with your system, doesn't it, bacon fries? You, your, your system, you're, you're, you're going to be better to say this than me because I think I'd get, definitely get it wrong. It's not something I want to put on a T-shirt as a slogan, but I would say the better the smell on the fingers, the better the bar snack. <laughs> bacon fries, it, it fits the metrics. Are they frazzles? Is that what she's talking about? Was that different to frazzles? Frazzles, I'd say with bacon crisps. If you go with bacon fries, I'd say that's that's fries that have been like cooked with bacon on, surely. Is that what that is? No, 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 no. no. I mean, I can remember frazzles. They were great. But yeah, I just never heard of bacon fries before. I might be opening up a new front altogether. Uh, here's an interesting one. Having, having worked in pubs every summer for ages, this, this chimes with me. Craig says, one of the pubs I used to go into used to put a big tray of roast potatoes on the bar every Sunday covered in salt. They were the best pub snack. Oh, wow. That's all right, isn't it? I'm looking at bacon fries. I've just uh, They look like a rival company to frazzles. They are basically frazzles. What's the uh, Internet Movie Database rating out of 10? But um, someone mentioned bacon fries, and I was like, I've never, never heard of them before, I've only heard of frazzles. I've just had a look at bacon fries. They are they are the same as frazzles. How has there not been big-time legal dispute between frazzles and bacon fries? It's a very interesting question. How has this not happened? When you see the kerfuffle that's gone on with the caterpillar cakes... Yes, how has <laughs> this not been up there with, you know, herd v. Depp? Hayley <laughs> uh, says, very 90s, but twiglets. Twiglets oh. for the rest of your life. I love Marmite, but I find that I find it in its in its twiglet form somewhat dry. I think twiglets falls in the category of one of those things where you've got to keep eating it, otherwise the aftertaste gets you and it's not so nice. <laughs> but it does fall into the rule. Good smell on the fingers. Great bar snack. <laughs> uh, some amazing stuff coming into the show. A guy who's got an incredible name, uh, Stephen Seagull, Great name. has tweeted us to say, uh, Bitten Ballen which is a Dutch delicacy you can get from most pubs in the Netherlands. Bitten ballen. Bitten ballen. I wonder what he did. He doesn't say what it is, though. This is that we're, we're missing a crucial bit of information. The name concerns me, Bitten ballen. <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we're going to Google this with trepidation in the next song. Uh, James and Evesham is uh, putting forward uh, Biltong or Lime and Coriander Sensations. Ooh. Barstack for the rest of your life? Well, I don't understand. This is a side sidetrack thing, but um, I don't understand what people's problem with coriander is. What's the problem with coriander? It's divisive. It's beautiful, though. I can't understand why anyone wouldn't like it. Get that on a bar snack. Uh, one, one big chunk of something that's kind of uh, occupied our minds in this first hour of the show tonight is, is, in the world of bar snacks, how similar frazzles and how similar they are to bacon fries. Yeah. And it's crazy that the same company you know, make the same kind of things. We've got Simon on the line, who's got some intel. Tell us about it, Simon. Yeah, well, my wife used to work for Walker's, uh, Walker's Chris, and, and they uh, make both frazzles and bacon fries and I believe the only difference is how they're made so I think the, uh, the the bacon fries I'm not certain the bacon fries are fried obviously right and the frazzles and the frazzles are baked but they look exactly the same. So you, we were talking about earlier on, how has there not been some kind of uh, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard style massive court case between frazzles and bacon fries? And you're saying this is the same company making both these crisps that are on each other's turf? Yes, exactly that. So uh, Walker's, Walker's bought, bought Smith who make, I believe, frazzles, and then they make bacon fries themselves. This is very good bar snack crisp um, trivia here, Simon. Uh, uh, being that you seem to know your uh, your your crisps, how do they make the frazzles look like that? Because they look like bacon. They do. They use uh, beetroot, of all things, to paint little lines on the frazzles to make them look like rashes of bacon. 
Wow, so there's someone in a factory with a pot of beetroot, like if you're painting orcs for Warhammer, <laughs> painting lines down the stripes of a frazzle. <laughs> I'm not sure they paint them by hand, but yes, I'd like to think there is a man who is employed just to paint bacon crisps. Well, being that you don't know for certain, let's say that they do. Yes, it's a better world if that's the case. Yeah, bye. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway. John Ham, welcome to Home Time. It's, Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, let's just start straight up. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, what an amazing movie. Thank you. Yeah, we're very, very proud of it. It's been a minute. Uh, we had to kind of push pause on, on the uh, release of this film. We were meant to open in uh, the summer of 2020, and the, the world had other plans. So, yeah. But it's, can I tell you why I think it's so amazing? Is that it's, I think it's an incredibly difficult sequel to make because there's a load of like minefield stuff to deal with if you're going to go and make a Top Gun sequel. Not the, the least of which was waiting 36 years. 36 years, <laughs> that's hard. American power, masculinity, macho, and Tom Cruise being older and, you know, the the rest of the cast maybe being younger, etc. So I feel like there, there was like a lot that could have gone wrong, but they you handled it so perfectly. Yeah, part of, part of I think, why people are, are actually responding to the film the way they are is that we, we took that that time is, is a real part of the movie and getting older is a real part of the movie. Maverick aging and like having, having to deal with the things that you deal with as you get older because we've all gotten older as we've watched you know time has has worked its wonders on all of us i'm not 15 years old anymore when i uh, the, the age i was when i saw the first film yeah and uh and that's a that's kind of a it's kind of a cool experience and and we we took it in stride it was very cool with that time that <laughs> passes the excitement builds so when you go into the project if there was a split percentage of excitement but also fear at what you're going to take on and knowing knowing how precious it is to uh, to, to us as an audience. What would that split well, have been for you? You know, I will say, you're in pretty good hands with Jerry Bruckheimer and Tom Cruise, Joe Kaczynski, Chris McQuarrie, the incredible team they had behind making this film. Um, th- there was very little fear, good. trepidation, because you knew they weren't going to make this movie unless they could make it the right way. Yeah, And part of that is having... TC right front and center playing the character that essentially defined his career yeah coming back 30 some odd years later and you know the same set the same leather jacket the same <laughs> deal and it was like wow this is this is a this is a mind-blowing uh, experience and and it works like that's that's the really great part of it is that it works and not only have they made a a wonderful uh, continuation of this story but they've also kind of paid homage to the tony scott film you know a lot of the images in it i'm I'm telling you like within 30 seconds of the beginning of this movie if you don't get chills like you need to call your doctor because it's like it's a real like it's a real moment i felt almost like i was welling up at times i felt like i wasn't completely in control of my own emotions which was which was not alone alone. out of control at times i did (laughs) but is that something you're surprised i mean yeah a 45 to be fighting tears. Um, it, it, are, you, are you surprised at this? The, the reaction. I know. I know. It's so early. You know, so many people still to see this. But are you surprised? Pleasantly so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's because it is. You know, it's a blockbuster. It's a. It's a summer movie. Mm. It's a. It's a popcorn movie. It's all of those things, and it has all of those elements. It's satisfying in that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's an action film. Like it's very much that thing. See it big and loud or IMAX, whatever the largest screen you can. Wasn't find. it filmed for? Was it 40, 40 something k? Yeah, four, six K. I don't know. There's a lot of K's. A lot of K's. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. 
I'm not sure exactly what <laughs> what that entails, how many Ks there are, but uh, plenty of Ks. A lot of Ks. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it's 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 breathtaking in its in its movie making, but it's also the the story is there, the continuation of these characters, Maverick, Iceman. Like all of these things that that are so kind of beloved to a certain generation are are very much um, given their full faith and credit in this in this story. Do you know what was interesting as well, uh, particularly because obviously you 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 filmed this back in 2018, so you wouldn't have known what's going on in, in the world at the moment as we stand, you know, uh, with the trouble in Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. But it was very interesting that there's no named enemy in. Top Gun. Yeah, it's you know, interesting and, to think and, behind that. And part of that is, I, you know, I'm not sure exactly. Obviously, they're, 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 the first film takes place very much in a Cold War kind of a sensibility, and this is obviously we're not in that world anymore. Um, but there's still sort of danger out there. Um, you know, and I'm not going to make a danger zone joke <laughs> right oh, now, <laughs> uh, but but I could. Um, but yeah, like it is. You, you're correct. We didn't make this movie to in response to any sort of particular geopolitical moment yeah it just these things happen and what part of what what the movie really does is like highlights the fact that the men and women of the u.s navy and the armed services like the sacrifices that they actually make are incredible and they keep us all safe and that's a great thing to have and it's a it's very much a a, a a tip of the cap to them as well. You speak of danger. Um, Vice Admiral Cyclone has a non-flying role in this particular yes, thank movie. You. Thank you very much. Are you? That's me are you being very smart? Are you happy or <laughs> jealous uh, at that fact? Because I remember seeing you in a film that I cherish so much earlier in your career, a smaller role uh, in Space Cowboys. Oh, okay. But I know that you have that flight in you. I, I look. I would have loved to have. Uh, gone down that path. I am very glad that I did not have to. <laughs> uh, Miles and a lot of the guys that, that and, and gals that had to go through that flight training, it was serious. Like, they did four and a half to five months of training. Oh, wow. 40 to 50 hours in a cockpit. And, and it's like they part of why they had to do that was not just for you know insurance purposes and what have you but like they their bodies needed to be in the shape to withstand the rigors of what the what it is to be in in a plane doing those things and you can see that on their faces and in the actual film you see it in the film it's like it is it is really it is visceral like it, it hits you right in the chest it's very very cool to see but I mean Tom Cruise obviously is in, in those jets as you'll yes, see him you know flying them and all that kind of stuff I mean you've probably had this put you before whilst you're talking about this film but you know genuinely he doesn't look any different is he, is he drinking anything he's got a potion if you're on set with him do you see him drink a vial of something that's know, around his neck I know for a fact that he is older than me and yet on screen <laughs> He looks younger. I don't know how that works. <laughs> What's going on there? I but, don't know. But he's like, um, he's like a film Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't he? In that he doesn't seem to change, doesn't get older. He's very uh, focused, laser focused on what he needs to do. So you kind of respect and slightly fear him at the same time. He I can is imagine. A, you know, he is a professional movie star, and there there are very few of those guys left. You know, there are very few of those guys that get their name above the title. Um, and he is, he loves what he does. That energy, his enthusiasm is infectious. It's it's everybody on set knows that they're in a Tom Cruise movie and is thrilled to be there. Are you on your toes because of that though? Was he yeah, like man? Uh, you don't want to. Nobody wants to be the one the one guy that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy that sucks. <laughs> um, now my next question is is based on a fact that may or may not be true. Um, but what has given you more joy, uh, the reaction, the early reaction to Top Gun Maverick? 
or Celtic's recent Scottish Premier League oh. triumph? Because oh, I well, read well. that you are a fan, and, and here you are over in the UK uh, at the time when they're trophy lifting. I was uh, I was very pleased to be in, in attendance at uh, Celtic's played uh, Hibernian, I believe, uh, at the very first game where they had a full uh, crowd again. And it was it was stirring, for sure. Uh, and it made me a fan, and I was very pleased to see them uh, to lift the cup. That was very, very cool. Yeah, you narrated one of my favourite uh, sports documentaries, All or Nothing, the NFL. Uh, oh, you could, nice. Uh, and narrate the, the Celtic story for next season. Well, listen, John. hey, I'm, I'm available. I'm available. <laughs> That'll be good, wouldn't it? Uh, just just going, going back to the movie. Uh, my Scottish uh, uh, accent's uh, a little uh, rough, but I'm available. <laughs> We'd love to hear that. Uh, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> we're not going to hear that. So the, the, the final half an hour of the film, again, we don't give away anything, but the final half an hour of the movie is probably... One of the greatest action sequences yeah, I think I've ever seen. I agree. But I would say, again, another inadequately defended ventilation shaft if you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> when when, it, when it's enemies... always the ventilation shaft. Always. The baddies I mean, are never going to learn from I this, know. are they? Well, you, listen, you know, I guess you got You have to vent. <laughs> You've got to vent. You've got to vent in some way. But it's amazing. The And the stunts, isn't, this is no CGI thing. This is real flying real planes and everything as well. It's, it, it, it is... Um, some of the photography in this is, I think... Um, uh, never before seen. I think that people are genuinely going to, you know, look, we've all taken two years off from going to the movies. And I think this is a real welcome back to seeing movies big and loud and in full format and the whole thing. And, and that's what they, that's, that's what Joe and Jerry Bruckheimer and Tom, everybody involved in making this movie wanted. They wanted this thing to be seen in theaters and we, that's why we waited. Yeah. You know, we, they, they could have put this out, you know, people wanted to see this movie back when it was ready in 2020, but the world, like I said, had different plans. So, um, we are thrilled that it's only in theaters and I'm very, very excited for the world to get to see this. I haven't seen it on the IMAX screen. I mean, it, it is yeah. one that has to... This is not one to wait for. This is one that has to be seen. If you see anyone watching it on their phone because they rented it later on down, <laughs> slap their phone. <laughs> slap their phone. slap their phone out of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> out loud. Uh, it, was, it was very poignant. I mean, it was, it was a very emotional movie uh, for many different reasons, but it was poignant to see Val Kilmer uh, reprise his role as Iceman. What, what was it like seeing him? Obviously, he's got health battles of his yeah, own going yeah. on. You know, Val's, Val's struggles are, are very real, as we all know. Um, and it was, I think, I thought the, the filmmakers handled handled his uh, sort of uh, situation incredibly well. And and you're you're correct in saying that there's a there's a scene in the middle of the film with, with Iceman and Maverick that is a, it hits you right in all the feels, for sure. It's a it's an impressive scene, and it really does kind of kind of tell this story of how these how these uh, characters are growing up and getting older. Um, as you say, Iceman is in the film. There is no Viper in the film, so kind of Cyclone as you play, it's it's actually a critical part because you are kind of the moral compass for us. A little bit. Kind of showing how you're underselling yourself. You are you are that moral <laughs> compass that tells the audience, hey, Maverick is still a Maverick. And that's, that's does that involve sort of like you and Tom sort of sitting down at any point and saying, like, you know, this is this is how we're gonna play these things together and sure. it's an important and, role. And, and by the way, that's for me as a as a you know, as a just a working actor, to get to do that a, across the table from Tom Cruise is a is a once in a lifetime moment and, and and not for nothing since I've been 15 years old I've been looking at this guy going like that's a movie star that's an actor like yeah. oh my gosh and, and you know if if my you know 51 year old self could 
could talk to my 15 year old self i mean my 15 year old self would probably be like hey dude what are you doing it's not cool to like come up to 15 year old boys unaccompanied go away but it would it would also be you know it's it like i said it is it is a it is a career moment and it's a it's wonderful to be a part of this particular story. I made the Cristiano Ronaldo analogy earlier on about Tom Cruise, and people say that uh, if, you, if you're in a team with Cristiano, he'll stay out practicing free kicks until he goes dark and all that kind of stuff. Is this something that Tom Cruise does that you think, oh, I might, that's something I might, might try and do? Does he do something different to the normal kind of pe- other people that you've worked with in the past? I just, it's, it's like I said, his, his energy and enthusiasm is incredibly infectious, but he is, his work ethic is inspiring. I mean, he's the first guy on set, he's the last guy to leave, and he works harder than anybody else. And, uh, and that's, that makes you want to do the same makes you want to work just as hard yeah. be, be fit be ready to go be be on top of it you know uh it's it's there's no there's no like lag time it's just it's all work but it's fun like that's the other part of it like tom's tom loves making movies and like that's a great energy to be around yeah i don't know whether talking about the movies once you've made it is is a fun part but here you are in the uk at the moment you know talking to us about top gun maverick what's your favorite thing about being over here I mean, there's a jet in Leicester Square right now. Like, there, uh, this Transport oh. for London have done some amazing stuff, John. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how they landed it there, but I mean, it's 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 great to be. I look, I've I've worked over here on multiple occasions. I love being over here. I have tons of friends over here, and uh, it's it's great to be here with something this big and brash and bold and American and exciting. And it's like, don't talk about Tom like that. <laughs> you talk about your friends over here. You are you, you are a good friend with. Matt Berry, can you give us an absolute radio before we let you go? See if you can take his gig. Absolute radio. Fantastic. (laughs) He's got the gig. Uh, John, on behalf of all (laughs) Top Gun fans, can we say a huge thank you for what you guys have done with uh, a movie that means a lot to a lot of people. It's been it's in very very good hands, and we just urge people to go and see it. I've been te- I was texting my dad and my brother this morning on the way, and just saying yeah. you've got to go and see this film because it's fantastic. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, yes, I'm very excited f- to to show this to the world. It's uh, it's there's there's you know there's very few titles that don't uh, get translated. Top Gun is Top Gun in every language. It's pretty cool. <laughs> This is the Daily Takeaway. takeaway. What was going on with them special socks you had on yesterday for the Elizabeth line? (laughs) I saw it it on Twitter, I saw it on Instagram. You were walking around with these these special socks for the the launch of the tube line. I was... (laughs) They were. So, I was... Obviously, the last two days, you and I have spent apart because I was I was sitting in with, with, with Dyson and Glenn just looking after things on The Breakfast Show for two days. And I, I was acutely aware uh, on the opening of the Elizabeth line yesterday that I was grateful for the fact that I was able to come in wearing my Elizabeth line socks and not for us to be working together because I knew the ribbing I would get from you if I'd done it in front of you. I'd have zeroed in on them as soon as you come <laughs> you through the door. You would have done immediately because of how badly I do my shoes up and how obvious my socks always are and you've always got a problem with how I do my laces. So I sound terrible don't I? I do sound I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're just obsessed with my feet. So obsessed man. with your feet. But I'm um, so the, the socks you have a look on Twitter at Absolute Radio there's, there's a great photo of you your leg on top of showing almost up to your knee. Yes. Bit of leg yes. on, on one of the seats on the Elizabeth line and you can't see your leg because it blends in. How, how do they know what the seat material is going to be? It's like a camouflage uh, leg isn't it? So 
these trains have been around for a while, waiting for the Elizabeth line to open properly. So everyone knew what the the seats are going to look like. Yeah. And then at Christmas, I got a set of socks uh, that are all different types of materials from different uh, tube seats and bus seats. I and see Elizabeth I did, line seats. I didn't even realise that. So every every tube line in London yeah. has got specific seat coverings. I'm gradually educating people at Absolute Radio <laughs> one by one. I told Matt Dyson this yesterday. I will tell you the technical word for it is a Wow. That's not something you'd see in a zoo. (laughs) That that is what your your seat pattern is called, yeah. And then you've you've been given this kind of ceremonial... Special uh, sock. ...book of... Are they more more than one sock? You've got different lines? Twelve socks. Outrageous. But tell me, though, right, and you know sometimes you worry there's the tip of the iceberg and there's more of this stuff out there, and I almost don't want to look... But people listening to this right now, tell me, he's just put his foot on the table, what line is that? That's London Overground socks. This is absolutely getting out of control. (laughs) Tell me, people listening now, that that this isn't a thing where you have socks for a special occasion, special socks for special moments in your life. Oh, they must do. The the day that I knew this was opening, I thought, right, I'm wearing my special socks for that day. Loads of people have special socks for special occasions. Well, you're you're on on a sliding doors moment here, Richie, because if no one gets back in touch, then you are completely on your own with this sock behaviour. I'm I'm ready in three and a half minutes to accept your apology. Loads of people will have special socks for special occasions. Ian says, I've got some Vegemite socks that I got from Australia a few years ago. Do they count? James says, funnily enough, I have a pair of Cardiff City Football Club socks. I wear them to go on match days. Okay, that's fine. The Vegemite guy doesn't count because what was the big thing with Vegemite? Why why do you wear them? What's the big special occasion? I'll grant you that because there's enough others that do have special socks. Damn. (laughs) Uh, This text says, Guys, I have socks with days of the week embroidered on them. Sometimes my left foot enjoys Saturday whilst my left leg. What? Sometimes my left foot enjoys Saturday whilst my left has a blue Monday. I guess he's not obviously not someone who's uh, good on matching his socks up. I was going to say, but he's, he's, he's referenced left both times. <laughs> I'm going to reply in a minute and tell him that text is shambles. <laughs> uh, Rachel on the line, who wants to tell us about her husband's special socks. Rachel, tell what does he do? Um, so he bought, like, a pack of four funky socks whenever we got married um, and had one set aside for him and three for his groomsmen. Right. Um, and gave them all to them on our wedding day. And he's now dedicate, designated his pair of socks as wedding socks um, to wear. He keeps them special for like any wedding we go to. Wow, so every time you go to a wedding, he wears his funky socks. Uh, what's his name? Um, um, define funky for us. And can you, can you imagine them and picture them in your mind? Uh, yeah, they're like patterned, multicolours. Um, yeah, they were all like kind of different patterns, like spots and stripes and... Wow. I love the way that he's repurposing his own wedding day's socks. That's that's really, yeah. really quite cool. But they do sound like, on a wedding day, there's obviously some yeah. kneeling down and stuff that goes on. And I do find when you kneel down, your trousers ride up. <laughs> so he's yeah. going to be showing a bit of sock that doesn't necessarily go with his morning suit. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> we do actually have a wedding picture of him and his three groomsmen like kind of bending over like pulling up one of their like each of them are pulling up their their trouser legs showing off the socks so that, that genuinely during victorian times that would be considered uh, top shelf material <laughs> <laughs> well and uh, what's his name your husband with his is uh, socks that he keeps wearing to other people's weddings um Ross Jameson. Full, full name there, Ross Jameson. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure. If you, if you see anyone at a wedding that's got funky socks there, you're wearing a pair of Ross Jamesons there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Right then, there's the show. He's been on the floor the entire time whilst you've been listening to that. Let's find out whether the uh, little therapeutic plastic ball I've given Richie to help sort out his bad back has done any joy. Uh, how are you feeling? I've moved, I've moved it to the coccyx. Right, I don't know if I want it back now. Thanks very much. <laughs>